feel like I could be mischievous now. I say good morning, everybody, because I've just switched my recorder. <clears throat> can you um, can you see that? Good, because you're not supposed to be able to. Stars constellation. No, I was um, I was on holiday last week, as most of you know. I went to uh, to Centre Parks for my birthday. For my birthday on Monday. And uh, during this time of year, they always have a fireworks display at night time. And uh, that is what a fireworks display looks like when you're 15 minutes late because your mum was too busy upstairs. And as you walk into the fireworks display, you have to view it through the trees. And if you've ever been to Centre Parks, you'll see how big the trees are. And I was, I was stood there watching and still enjoying the noise and the ambience and the, the lights of the firework display. The Lord spoke to me about what we should be talking about today. And we've been doing recently a series on the foundations of the Christian faith. And I just want to take a pause from that today. And I want to bring together, Chris might chuckle at this, I want to bring together the streams of the prophetic that have been coming into the life of the church for the last six to eight months or so about what God has been calling us forward into. This is not connected to the building thing. And, and, and this spoke to me profoundly I don't want to miss out. It's one of my driving forces. Is that I know how capable our God is. My Father in Heaven is a good Father. And He has something so amazing planned for you and for me and for our neighbours and for the people of Basildon. I don't want to view the Kingdom of God through the trees because I was late. Or because I let something get in the way of me and what He was doing. I'm not challenging the, 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 show the second picture for me Tim. This ruined my, my analogy. Because as the firework display went on, the fireworks got bigger and grander and taller and louder. So it didn't matter where you were stood in Longley, you still got to see a glimpse of the display, of the magnificence of what God will do. So I am not questioning that God is going to do the miracles. And he's going to do the good deeds and he's going to see people saved and he's going to transform the world. What I'm asking is that we don't miss out on it. I want a front seat view of this. And to do that, we have to remain in the favour of God. So I think over the next six to eight months, we're going to be talking about the favour of God and how to remain in it just that little bit more. I want to cool today we're going to hit the rock and uh, this was a, a prophetic word that was given whilst I was in Zambia and the Lord spoke to me it comes from numbers 21 to 12 and the Lord said to me when you strike the rock you give me the glory and the beautiful thing about knowing your scripture is when the Lord speaks to you through things like that you know where to turn in the word so let me read this to you. We're going to read a lot of scripture today. I'm probably going to send out an email with Bible verses on so that you can reference this. This will form part of our vision moving forward as a church. It says, in the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin. <coughs> and they stayed at Kadesh. There Miriam died and was buried. Now there was no water for the community and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. 
they quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into the wilderness that we and our livestock should die? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Moses and Aaron went to the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, Take your staff, and you and your brother Aaron, gather the assembly together, speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. I'm going to read that again because I don't want you to miss this. Take the staff and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. You will bring the rock water out of the rock for the community and their livestock can drink. So Moses took his staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock and Moses said to them, Listen you rebels, we've gone slightly wrong here, must we bring water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and he struck the rock twice with his staff and water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. I know it's obvious. The Lord said, get your staff, gather the assembly, and speak to the rock. What Moses did is he took his staff and he gathered the assembly. Thumbs up, 10 out of 10. Good one, Moses. You'll get your pocket money this week. But then in some flamboyant flare of frustration, he said, must we do this for you? And he struck the rock in anger twice. The water still gushed out. They still saw the fireworks. The water still gushed out. Moses didn't follow the instruction. And you know, you could water down, there's the pun, you could water down the analogy, couldn't you? And say what really happened is God said, give me the glory. And Moses said, no, I want the glory. I've done this. Must we do this for you? And then as some preachers do, he added the flamboyant flair of hitting the rock. Why did he do that? It was a rock and a stick. The stick's going to break, the rock isn't. He knew he had God behind him. He knew the fireworks were going to come. But he took glory unto himself. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to do something I tell people not to do. I'm going to assume a bit of knowledge that we might know the story of Moses. In that he was in the desert at this point. And he was in the wilderness. And God had promised him and his people that he was going to take him into the promised land. Now their promised land and our promised land is different. But God had promised him that you will go into the, into the promised land. When Moses took the glory for himself, instead of giving the glory to God, he said, because you did not trust in me enough to honour me as a holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land that I give them. The fireworks still came. The Israelites still received God's promise and went into the promised land. Moses didn't. The 
fireworks came late too. The, the, the reading between the line bits means that they had to wait for Moses to die first. Maybe if Moses hadn't have done this, not only maybe Moses would have gone into the promised land, maybe the people would have gone with him earlier. And there would have been less pain and less suffering, less having to hit rocks with sticks to drink water. And more manna from heaven, more promises, more fulfilments of God's promise. Church, we are going to strike the rock. We're going to speak to the rock, I should say. We're going to hit the rock. And it is going to gush with water. Because when you jump to the New Testament, I love this, how the Old Testament speaks through the New Testament. Do you know that? Do you know who our rock is? It's not a, not a big rock in the desert. Do you know, I'm so pleased. I, I almost texted you this morning and said, can we sing Cornerstone? That was the song we just sang. I'm so glad I didn't, because if I did, then it would have been me and not God. But our rock is Christ. Jesus himself is our rock. And whether you want to hit it, strike it with a stick, or just speak to it, as Moses did, the living water is going to gush from that rock. And we are going to be baptised in a whole new, fresh way with the power of the Holy Spirit. You think you've seen healings and restorations now. You wait and see what comes. When we speak to that rock and it starts to gush with water... We're going to see the dead raised. We're going to see the sick healed. We're going to see more people restored. We're going to see people gushing to give their lives to Jesus. We're not just going to have to buy one building. We're going to have to buy two. We're going to have to train up new trustees and elders. Because we're going to have to send them to other communities for the kingdom to continue to grow. And if I catch any one of you, including me, and I give you permission to do this to me, if I do it, if you do it, we're going to speak to one another in love and say, stop it. Give glory to God. None of us will strike that rock and say, look how good I am. I'm the most amazing worship leader. Or I'm, the, I'm not the most amazing, I'm going to have a really sore throat after this. It didn't start in a good place. It's definitely not going to finish in one. I am not the best evangelist or preacher. We don't have the best children's workers or PA team. And even if we did, I'd still expect them to give glory to God because God had given them those gifts and God had brought them into this community. We are going into a season of God's promises and we are going to give Him the glory. For two years, this man sat at the front. And I think not just in every elders meeting, I think every cup of coffee, every cup of tea, every phone call. I think sometimes you've rung me just to say this to me. Because he will build his church. He says, I will build my church. It comes from Matthew 16, 13 to 19. Can I read this to you too? I did warn you we're going to do a lot of scripture today. It says, when Jesus came to the reason of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do they say the son of man is? Because they say, I am. They replied, some say John the Baptist and others say Elijah. Still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But Jesus said, what about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not to reveal to you. This wasn't, sorry, I'm going to say that again because it's important. This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you, Peter, 
that on you, Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Can you see what happens when we give him the glory? When we know who he is? When we call him the Messiah and say, isn't he doing a good work here? We remain in the favour of God. What do we get in return? It's not a transaction. We're not going to a shop and buying this. But what do we get in return? The keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So we're going to speak to the rock. And that living water is going to come gushing out. And then just for some good measure, we're going to give him all the glory. And then we're going to give him some more glory. And then we're going to call him Lord and Messiah and Jesus. And just in case anyone was in any doubt, we'll probably text you after the service and say, give him all the glory. And then he's going to give us the kingdom of heaven. The keys to the kingdom of heaven. I was reminded even last week, I must admit, possibly not even in this context of Psalm 127. But then I've not been able to think about anything other than what this said. And it's saying the same thing again, but I'm going to lavish you with this stuff today because we are not going to lose sight of giving him all the glory. What does it say? It says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labour in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those who he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they are counted with their opponents in court. He will build his church. We will give him the glory. If we try and do this, do you remember when, we, when we, we, this is almost a year ago, can you remember when we put this banner up and we read a whole load of prophetic statements to the church and one of them was lean not on your own understanding and the wider explanation of it was don't rely on statistics or research or books, we're going to lean on the power of the Holy Spirit for the direction of this church. I don't want to take that down because that isn't going to change what I'm saying is we're in a new season of it. We just got promoted and we're on our way. And how do we know? Because we have a quiver full of children. We have a quiver full of children. If we look, look at that, even the children are crying out going, Woohoo! They're the literal children. Imagine all the spiritual children amongst you. The New Testament version of that is you judge something by its fruit. We're judging it by the size of our quiver and how many children we have in it. It's not a sign of our success. It's a sign of the glory we have to give to him. If we try and build this, we labour in vain. If we trust him to build this. If we buy the URC because we think it's a good idea, it might work. Remember, the fireworks still came. 
but it might not be the full fulfilment of what God has called us into. If we do it because it's his purpose for us, we get a front seat view. We get a sparkler in our hand. We get to see the little whiskey ones across the water. They're the ones I miss because you see them twice because they, they float in the water too. So you see the reflection. You see the kids next to you laughing and eating their candy floss. You're there in a community. You're not stood on a hill by yourself with your mum. I love my mum. For those new in the church, I talk about my mum a lot. I am a mum's boy. I love her a lot. I don't mind being stood on a hill watching some fireworks with my mum. I'd rather have been in the crowd with the front row seat, giving him all the glory. I don't want to miss out. I know you don't either. Going back way back, way back. I referenced it even earlier today. Before I came here, one of the things I was told was that we don't want a Moses-style leader. And at that point, you guys didn't know the prophetic words that I was being given in my other church, in my old church. But when my old church, not all of them admittedly, because they wouldn't all fit in that room we went into, but when they came down here and they sent me and they set me in here, can anyone remember what the prophetic word was? For our season, this is not for Ricky. This was for us. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses is aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. To the Israelites, I will give you every place you set your foot. Claim it. He will give us every place we set our foot. This is not about individuals or platform preachers. Platform preachers get sore throats. And they can't carry the burden of this. We're in this together. We're a family. We're a body ministry. How many feet have we got? I've got two. I can only take so much land. I'm going to take it. Because I want to not miss out. I want to see the fireworks. But if you come with me, if we go together, if we go as a family, wow, we'd be worse than the mafia. Look at all your feet. I don't want to look at your feet. I can't think of anything worse right now, if I'm honest. But when all of our feet go out, imagine all the land that we're going to take. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon. And from the great river to the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, Moses was not a bad man. I said that when I came here and people started talking to me about this Moses thing. I said, Moses did some really good stuff. He may not have had the greatest leadership style, but would you? He puts his life on the line, gives up his life under duress, and then all the Israelites do is complain to him all day long. Moses did not have an easy life. I cannot surprise. Do you know, let me confess this to you. I am not a perfect leader. There are times that I will say things from here, or maybe over coffee, in your homes, and you'll think, does Ricky not love me? Why did Ricky say that? Why is Ricky late? Why did Ricky turn up on the wrong day? Well, Sorry, I, I did that to somebody the other day. Luckily they were gracious and they turned up too to make me feel better. I'm going to get tired. I'm going to get hurt. Do you know, I used to lead a, a company. There was 250 employees. And when I started to visit them, I would train them. I'd do their one-to-ones. Things like, we would call that pastoral care. 
And my boss at the time, the best bit of advice he ever gave me was stop before you go in. You have no idea what kind of day that person's having. Imagine you could go in full of enthusiasm and their dog just died. Imagine your dog just died. You walked in and they're expecting this wonderful, majestic leader. Well, maybe, maybe, just maybe I'm having a rough day, guys. I'm sorry. That's on a recording. You can listen to it over and over again. Maybe I need to give you more than one apology. Maybe I need to give you ten. I'm not perfect. Neither was Moses. He tried his best. I'm trying mine. But we're a body ministry. We're going to raise each other up. I can tell you now, if I miss a meeting with you, it's because I genuinely forgot. If I've got a sore throat, or if I yawn, I do these in elders' meetings all the time. And they go, oh, is the meeting over? I said, no, I'm just tired, I didn't sleep. Maybe I was in hospital with somebody at midnight. Maybe I was woken up at 5am with somebody in, in chaos. It's not personal. By being a part of this church, I give you permission to speak into my life. And I expect permission to speak into yours. We're going to be a family. We are a family. It's one of the reasons I came here. I looked around me and saw all you wonderful bunch. However weird you all are. Nowhere near as weird as me. I thought I'm going to fit in right here. Moses wasn't a bad man. Maybe he had a poor leadership style after years of being battered. Maybe, just maybe, he made a poor decision at the end. Probably through frustration. I'd like to think that when I meet Moses, because he's going to be in heaven. He never went into the physical promised land, but when he died, he went to heaven. I'm going to meet him, and he's going to say something like this. Rick, you didn't do a bad job, mate. You almost made as many mistakes as me. Because I'd imagine Moses being quite a humble guy. And he just got angry one day. He got frustrated one day. And he forgot to give God the glory. We're not going to do that. And if we do, we're going to repent. We're going to dust ourselves off. And we're going to get on with it again. Agreed? Yeah. Agreed. I stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. The fireworks came anyway, remember. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, third time guys, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We're entering a really good season. But what are we going to do? We're going to speak to the rock. And we're going to give glory to God. Then we're going to enjoy the shower. Because all that living water, if you want references to the rock and the, and the living water, it's going to be in Ephesians 2.18. It's going to be in John 4.7. It's going to be in John 7.37. I'm not going to read the whole Bible to you today. <laughs> maybe I could, maybe I should. But we are going to speak to that rock in this season. 
every single one of us. And it is going to gush with living water. With Jesus. With the power of the Holy Spirit. And then what are we going to do? Not good enough. What are we going to do? Give him the glory. We are going to give God the glory. And because this is important. I remember my, my pastor in rugby when he was teaching me about, certainly about the prophetic. He said the first, he wouldn't mind me sharing the story. He said the first time he ever prophesied, he sat down next to his mum. And he said, mum, mum, how did I do? And she went, the prophecy was brilliant, son. The bit you added was rubbish. So I'm not going to add anything. This is what the Lord spoke to me about. We are going to speak to that rock. The water is going to flow. And we are going to give him the glory. Can I pray that for you? Heavenly Father, what I have just said, I know is a word from you for this church for this season. And Lord, we start by giving you the glory. Lord, thank you for what you have done amongst us up until now. Thank you for what you have in our future. But Lord, you are going to have to give us the humility and the strength to move forward. Lord, you are going to have to give us the grace and mercy that you already afford to us, but you're going to have to give it to us for one another. As we enter this new season of growth, as we have more people coming amongst us, as we have new believers giving their life to Jesus who, who don't know it's not okay to swear yet, and who might smoke in the, in the back room their cannabis, who might still do Ouija or tarot because they've not figured out yet that this living God is greater those that are still in relationships they shouldn't be in, those that are still carrying scars and pain and hurt. Lord, we want to be able to love them like you love us. And we know that isn't possible, but we're going to try. And Lord, at the end of the day, we're going to give you all the glory. So when somebody gives their life to Jesus, when somebody's heart is restored, when somebody's heart is physically healed, when somebody who was going to die lives, we stand here with our hands raised high and we give you all the glory. We say, Jesus, we love you and we trust you. Lord, thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for everything that you're going to do. But Lord, bless us today with that revelation of grace and of mercy. Lord, help us through this time of change. Jesus, we love you. Manifest your spirit amongst us right now. Let us feel your presence. Let us know that this was your word for us in this season. Jesus, we love you and we trust you. Amen.